on today's player pool an out of order episode i am so sorry the holidays completely blew up uh, my timing and everything i have not been free to do this uh until today so i realize this is coming out less than 24 hours before kickoff i'm jumping right into the main slate and i'm going to tell you exactly the recipe as i see it uh, for building lineups in week 12. let's get into it it's the player pool podcast with your host, Austin Raboy. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to the player pool. I am happy you are here. This is an out-of-time episode of the player pool, and I do apologize. Your gosh darn host of the show just completely uh, got jacked up in terms of time commitments and everything. So I'm recording this at... 3 p.m. Saturday, not even 24 hours before kickoff. I'm so sorry, and I'm going to try to keep this episode under half an hour or less so that you can quickly just touch base and then go out there and and crush Week 12 and and crush your lineup build. So uh, basically what I want to do first, on the Thanksgiving slate, hope that was fun for you. I hope you were able to see kind of how fickle a three-game slate can be in terms of, you know, once that one guy scores one or two more points in the next, you go from first to mid, right? I had that. I played uh, like a shark, as I told some people. I played like a shark on Thanksgiving. I played 19 lineups, and then I just threw them all in the $22 GPP, top prize ten grand. i have done that before. I've had some Thanksgivings before where I've done this, and I've pulled off, and I've hit for like 5000 things like that. So, so close, in fact, uh, I had, and if we wanted to do a mini lineup review on the Thanksgiving slate, I'll try to pull it up real quick, but I was in top 10 GPP from basically the end of the Packers-Lions game all the way until about the second half of, of the night game when Christian McCaffrey just you know showed once again why he should be uh, in the MVP conversation. He is the fantasy king, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, my top two lineups, I'll just tell you the top two. I had 151.54 top score, scored 48th in a GPP, uh, which only comes out to a little over four and a half times. Those GPPs are so top-heavy when it comes to uh, payouts, which is why during the regular season main slates, I really say it's better to live in those uh, those leagues because, you know, you don't have to beat that many people. And if you cash even, you know, six, eighth, you know, you're usually getting a, a 5X, 8X, 10X multiplier. So that's good. But yeah, I was, uh, this was in contention until it wasn't. And most of the day I had a bunch of screenshots. I was, I was in first and, you know, my winnings were like 10,000 plus. So that was, that was cool. Reminded me of better days, but still had a good time with it. Overall, I, you know, I had three lineups that strongly contended. The, the, in my top one, like I said, it was a DAC lineup. I think of the 20 or 19 lineups I played, 11 of them were DAC Prescott lineups. 11 of them had CeeDee Lamb. 13 of them had Christian McCaffrey. I was really not fucking around uh, trying to play the big dogs, but just did not have the right uh, collection of guys. But top lineup here, a DAC Prescott line stacked with CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, who is gaining momentum for them. And funny enough, and I do this occasionally when I hand make this many lineups, I almost always create a duplicate lineup somewhere. So I did, and I had noticed it uh, last second, and I was actually able to swap, late swap, uh, to Debo Samuel, my flex, I believe from maybe it was Tyler Lockett. They were about 100 bucks separated when it came to price. So swapping late swap to Debo is actually what kept this lineup higher. Uh, but 
you know, this was a, a traditional Dak Prescott stacked with Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, no commanders stacked against these guys running it back. And if you were watching that game, I don't know how much more evidence or proof you need for the rest of the season that these commanders are completely useless. Uh, but then this one, I, I had a Dave Montgomery, who I thought would be lower owned overall in my second running back. And then I had some Packers, Jaden Reed and Tucker Craft, which I realized was a pretty popular play. Uh, but I just want to let you know that I was one of the first ones to say, hey, that's the guy. So at least I was first one there. And, and in today's world, that always seems to have more value than than its accuracy. But I was able to deliver both there. First one to recommend Tucker Craft. And, and he delivered. I mean, that's that's 2x value right there. Uh, 4,300 gets you 8.5, 8. you know, almost 2x. So pretty good. Uh, and then this had Debo Samuel and 49ers. You know, it's funny. What's funny about Debo Samuel doing well, but also Christian McCaffrey is history would say that those two do not have a good correlation and that when Debo does well, it usually means McCaffrey's touches are are less and his production is less. But, you know, anything can happen in this very variance-heavy DFS season that we are entering the final stretch on. So, uh, again, I had fun on Thanksgiving. Hope you did too. Hope you enjoyed your family. And, uh, and if you had to travel, I hope that was as pain-free as can be. Like I said, I'm going to just jump right now into a Week 12 preview game by game. And as I go through each game, obviously I've already made my player pool. I will. There's, there's two games in particular that are going to have heavy focus this week, and I'll just talk about how you should approach them. There's, there's probably going to be two games that you're playing multiple lineups on this week. So let's get into the Week 12 preview. First game of the Week 12 main slate, Pittsburgh Steelers at Cincinnati Bengals. And a lot of change has occurred to both these teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers firing Matt Canada, new offensive coordinator. Don't fuck it up in position there at Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, then on the Cincinnati Bengals side, Joe Burrow out for the season. So what happens to this offense? Vegas doesn't seem to know how this will turn out. The the a point differential is a point and a half. Projected total is 36 and a half points. Pretty low overall. You don't need to get too excited. Despite there being some changes in your, your ideas of thinking that usage will shift around, uh, don't get too excited. Remember that if there's going to be limited points, you're seriously just trying to seek the one dude on the roster that's going to get the touchdown in the game. And if, you're, if you've been paying attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the last couple of years, it's been very obvious who the better running back is in their backfield, and that's Jalen Warren. So I understand at 6,900, if he makes your player pool, he made mine, and you want to uh, get a touch of him. There are a couple Bengals that you'll probably want to play as well, so that's kind of a cheeky little mini game stack, I think. The only other option I like on the Steelers besides Jalen Warren is Pat Fryermuth back. He is head above heels, the more talented player, and you would think there is a lot of pressure now on the Steelers' offense to show something different, right? Not that they'll be better, but just to open things up and, and play to things that are a little different. The Deontay Johnson-George Pickens situation is a poor man's DK Metcalf-Tyler Lockett situation or even a Mike Evans-Chris Godwin thing. And it's just not – the ceiling here on offense is just not high enough to really play that really bad game of whack-a-mole between those two players. So I wouldn't consider them at all. So, again, Steelers, Jalen Warren, Pat Fryermuth, and moving on pretty fast. On the Bengals' side, Joe Mixon gets interesting. The Pittsburgh Steelers have given up – a lot of yards this year, their defense has thrived off turnovers, but they get them so consistently, you'd almost, it's hard to say that that isn't part of the game plan. So 
Joe Mixon, maybe 7,600. It's there. We have a lot of mediocre to average running back options this week. It's not something I'm super excited about. In fact, I can, he'll make the pool, but he probably only gets in if I realize I'm overweight on one player uh, at the end of my builds. Continuing down, T. Higgins won't be in uh, this week. It looks like it's just Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase, 8,100, weird, interesting. You're now thinking of him like you've been thinking of Devontae Adams, and you have no idea, no idea how efficient Jake Browning will be. The Bengals I saw today signed Chris, uh, I'm sorry, A.J. McCarron, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame Battlehawk, St. Louis Battlehawk quarterback, also formerly of the Alabama Crimson Tide, also formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals two or three times, I think, in his career. Uh, but AJ, They did sign A.J. McCarron for some quarterback death, but Jake Browning will get the start. Does Jake Browning make Jamar Chase make sense at 8,100? Again, you can write him down. He didn't make my player pool. It's probably just a wait and see. As weird as that is to say, we're doing wait and sees on this Bengals offense in Week 12. But I think that's a safer route. If you're desperate for value at wide receiver, you could consider Tyler Boyd. But again, can Jake Browning hit a quick slant route, quick out route in the NFL? We don't really know. I don't know. So I'm just not interested, even though Boyd's price looks very attractive. And then between Tanner Hudson, Irv Smith, and Drew Sample at tight end, you don't know who's going to get the rock. So, again, just kind of a wait and see. So, it's mixing or nothing, and we'll just see what the Bengals look like. I do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, given their penchant for turnovers, could be considered as a defensive option. All right, next game. And this is one of the games I mentioned you're going to be going all over. But it's the Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans. While I'm not excited about Trevor Lawrence, obviously I would endorse C.J. Stroud. He made my player pool. Trevor Lawrence didn't. I'm hoping to be able to get enough pieces in this game through a Stroud stack and then maybe a second stack, either with Stroud again or a naked quarterback uh, stack or just a smaller quarterback stack. But you're going to need a lot of pieces out of this game. Travis Etienne, absolutely. Ridley, like it or not, yes. Kirk, absolutely. Even Evan Ingram can make your player pool, and if it makes sense to get up to that, it, it makes sense to me to play him. Uh, this this game is going to require multiple lineups, I think, or at least you're going to have to commit to a big game stack and then place uh, maybe a three-player mini game stack in somebody else's lineup. So I like C.J. Stroud, Devin Singletary, if Damian Pierce sits is a good option but Damian Pierce full practice participant on Friday I would expect him to be in the mix it just cancels both of them out so that makes this game a little easier to approach the one Texan that did not make a practice at all on Friday was my boy Noah Brown so I would not expect him to play Robert Woods looks to be the best or at least lowest price value on the slate at 5300 otherwise you're playing Tank Dell you're playing Nico Collins and you're taking a hard look at the Jaguars as well. Next game, Carolina Panthers at Tennessee Titans. This may be the last stand of King D Derrick Henry for me uh, this year. If Derrick Henry cannot fall into the end zone once or twice this game, I'm going to take a hard look and maybe consider him more as a low-end low end stud running back. There is finally a trend with Derrick Henry showing his usage is now going down, at least at, in the last two weeks. Now, remember the last two weeks, Titans have not been in the game at all. And Derrick Henry, of all the running backs that we consider, is the most susceptible to dropping in value when facing a negative game script. That's been the case for the Titans last two weeks. However, he's only had 12 and 11 touches the last two weeks 
in that negative game script role. So assuming this game is close, assuming this game is actually leading to a Titans victory, I would expect 20-plus touches for Derrick Henry. The Titans are at home. You like to see that. The Titans' defense is a great option this week, so you love to correlate that with Derrick Henry anyway. And Tennessee is three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. So I think you're going to get a positive game script. I think Derrick Henry is going to get his his touches and hopefully have a good fantasy day for himself. Otherwise, I do think DeAndre Hopkins is considerable, but 7,200 definitely feels like you're paying for it. So he makes your pool. Maybe you see if he makes it in your lineup later. And then on the Panther side, while I won't endorse Adam Thielen at 7,500, I do like Tommy Tremble at 4,800. Bargain bin tied in on the Panthers. He's just a good athlete. Uh, but, you know, he scored a touchdown, I believe, in his last game, and it's an option. So 4800 is not a significant discount, uh, but I've been playing the Titans tight end, a conquo at 4800 all season. So uh, Tommy Trimble, he made my player pool. Next game, New Orleans Saints at Atlanta Falcons. So I was making my player pool last night, and I was way more excited about this game uh, and then I am today because at the time yesterday, it looked like Jameis Winston would get a start and we would be subjected to about 30 Jameis bombs downfield to Alave and, and Rashid Shahid. But it looks like Derek Carr is going to go in this game. So kind of changes a little bit of the flavor of the offense. Alvin Kamara, 8,700, very stiffly priced. Tough matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. But Alvin Kamara is getting used, despite his production not being there, getting used a lot. The last three weeks, 16 touches, 13 and 21 touches last three weeks. So it's there. It's just the production hasn't really led there. I don't think you can feel good about not having a little Alvin Kamara, at least in your player pool. And then to the receivers, Chris Olave, obviously, we've been riding that roller coaster all year. Interestingly enough, though, without Michael Thomas, you would think that Rashid Shahid, who has been very efficient off his limited targets game to game this year, gets a few more opportunities. And I do think that. His value makes a lot of sense, and, and I could see him being in a lot of lineups this week. So I do like Rashid Shahid. Don't forget, when you're looking at the Saints, do not fall in love with Juwan Johnson's 4700 price because... Taysom Hill is lurking under the surface. Now, Taysom Hill it really runs the risk of negating all these Saints players, so... When you're playing these Saints players, it's Alvin Kamara, it's Alave as a one-off, it's, it's Shahid as a value and a one-off, and you pray to God that da na 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 Jason Hill doesn't show up. <laughs> okay, Atlanta Falcons, the Desmond Ritter show is back. Hopefully the Arthur Smith show is not back. Bijan Robinson, after enough bullying on Twitter, Arthur Smith gave in. And in the last three weeks, it is notable to point out, 47 touches in the last three weeks, 23 touches in last week alone. I think Bijan Robinson makes your pool. I think you got to cover some exposure, and at 7,400, that price doesn't absolutely break you. But I understand the sick feeling you're feeling in your gut when you look at Bijan Robinson. Drake London doesn't make it for me again. We got Ritter throwing the ball at him. And then Kyle Pitts, uh, 5,300, that is kind of the threshold. I think some of you guys endorse him, but. You're just playing a guy. Don't think you're playing a star. Don't expect you know anything but you know maybe one and a half to two x value out of Kyle Pitts. Next game, a game I'm not going to be overly interested in except for the defense. New Orleans, New England Patriots at New York Giants. I think this is the main slate's lowest projected total at 34 points. New England's actually favored on the road, three and a half points. Interesting. 
Bailey Zappi looks to be getting the start here, but who knows how long he'll last. It's just not healthy to pick any Patriots, and it hasn't been healthy to pick them at all this season. So Demario Douglas, who got a little popular a couple weeks ago on the Patriots at 6,100, but your guess is as good as mine of who are these looks to be six guys that may catch 12 to 15 completions. It's just not a good place to be. Saquon Barkley, last game, last time he was up on the slate, I said I'm not interested. He went off to score more fantasy points than he has in the last three years in a single game. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, to me, still at 8K, not really interested um, in any of this kind of the sad Giants team. So I'm just going to be moving on and just considering the New England Patriots defense, which has played sturdy for me all season. Next game, this is the sneaky game, and if you can figure this out, and if this game takes off and we get a couple disappointing games, I think this game here holds the key uh, to success this this week. I'll be trying to play it smart, but it's this Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts secondary, very weak. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense looks to be losing a little bit of speed, a little bit of their edge, giving up tons of points and yards in the last couple weeks. So I like a lot of the skill position players on both sides of the ball in this game. I like Rashad White. I need to forget about early in the season Rashad White. Rashad White has been getting fed a lot the last, honestly, month and a half. So, And I've been in denial, uh, but I can't argue with these touches. Just in the last six weeks, it goes 15, 22, 24, 16, 19, uh, uh, 10. Okay, so five weeks, but it's useful. It's, it's time to get Rashad White uh, into your lineup. So take a look at that. Mike Evans, a little overpriced at 8K, but all it takes is, is that touchdown. He's not lost a step. I think he's in his 10th year in the league, and he looks like he's in his third or fourth and still in his prime. So... I like Mike Evans a lot, and I also really like Chris Godwin at a value price to me, 6400 something to consider. And then on top of that, Kate Auden, if you're already invested in the Bucks, you would be unwise to at least not try to make Kate Auden one of your bargain bin tight, tight ends in another lineup just to make sure that the, these points, if they do occur, don't squeak out on you. It is interesting that the Colts are favorites in this game by 2.5 points. I do like Jonathan Taylor. To me, he is a guy who can be matchup proof, almost like a McCaffrey light. Uh, so I do like uh, Jonathan Taylor still at 7,500. It's very generous and he is projected for massive, massive ownership. I'm not a huge fan of Michael Pittman, never have been. 7,600 seems to me like you're paying exactly for what you may get. But I do like Josh Downs coming back from his knee injury. He's in, ready to go this week. He hasn't played since November 12th. Uh, but at just 5,900, it's just another kind of like Rashid Shahid, just another value wide receiver play uh, to help you get to other guys. So those are the only guys I like on the Indianapolis Colts. Next game, and this one should be fun, although it presents an issue, but I think I have a good answer uh, of, to this issue. So this is the Los Angeles Rams. They're going at uh, going to the Arizona Cardinals. It's a healthy projected total at 44.5 points. Interesting to me that the Rams are favored by 2.5. Feels like the Cardinals have had better momentum uh, in the last couple weeks since Kyler Murray's been back, but that defense is still susceptible to giving up big plays. So I don't have Matt, Matthew Stafford in my player pool, but I did put in Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua all made my player pool. And then on the other side of the ball with the Cardinals, of course I love Kyler Murray. 
And beyond that, it's just Kyler Murray and Trey McBride for me. 6,100. Trey McBride has had, since Zach Ertz has been out, a 29% target share on the Cardinals. That is elite level. So at 6,100, if I'm playing Kyler Murray, I'm going to try everything I can to actually get up to Trey McBride. 6,100 is my border, my absolute uh, my absolute point of no return when it comes to tight end spending. But I, I would like to have at least one touch of him. Uh, with a Kyler line this week. Now, let's talk about real quick, though, how to approach this Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams situation. So, Kyron Williams has been out for five weeks. He was on the IR for four, then they're coming, then they had the bye week. So, what, what do you do with Kyron Williams and Cooper Cup, who seem to have reoccurring injuries and could very well tank your lineups uh, before they even get off the ground? So, here's what I suggest. I've already mentioned the Jaguars and Texans game and how you're going to have to play multiple lineups to really get all pieces in there. What I suggest and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a Stroud double stack lineup, probably with Tank Dell and Nico Collins. It's not bending the brain by any means. And then a second lineup, I may just play and, I, and I'm going to run, I'm sorry, in that Stroud line, I'm, I'm going to run back some Jags if it's ETN or Kirk, uh, Ridley, whoever I can fit. But for the second lineup, Whichever guys in that game I didn't get in that Stroud lineup, I may actually play Kyler Murray, and then I'm going to stack Kyler Murray with Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams. Run both of those big dogs back because they're priced really heavy. Kyron Williams at 8,200 and 8K. Stack that with Kyler Murray and and then pluck whatever piece I didn't get out of that Jags game, whether it's Ridley, whether it's Kirk. So I'm going to miss somebody, and I'll slide them in as well. And that'll be one of probably as I and I haven't made my lines yet, but I'm just projecting probably two of my Kyler lines this week. One will be kind of a catch-all, covering all liabilities, my big covering exposures lineup, if that makes sense. And my second lineup will be you know something different with Kyler as well. I do think of all the quarterbacks on the slate, of which only five made my pool. I really like Murray uh, this week just to make a lot of a lot of these tough lineup decisions where you got to pull all these. Decent skill position player guys together without their quarterbacks. I think Kyler Murray is kind of the place you go this week to get those Buccaneer players, those Colts players. So I kind of envision a Kyler Murray naked line with mini game stacks of the Bucks and the Colts in there as well. That's I think that's how I'm going to cover a lot of my exposures this week. But I think it's just way too risky to play Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams in different lineups because they're both very, very likely to exit the game early. Uh, but at the same time, they are studs. I mean, Kyron Williams was a top five running back before he was hurt. Cooper Cup is a slate breaker. And if he plays an entire game, you're very likely to see Matthew Stafford lock on to him. Not to mention this very easy matchup against Arizona. So hit it from all angles. Kind of know how you're going to approach it beforehand. It won't be so overwhelming to you. Hopefully my plan, uh, if you do adopt it, works out for all of us. All right, next game, Cleveland Browns at Denver Broncos. Uh, yeah, no, I don't need anything from the Browns. I don't even know if I consider their defense as usable this week because that defense will be on the field most of the game, I would imagine. The only player I really like on the Broncos at all is Cortland Sutton, but as I'm sitting here and thinking about it, it's still a terrible defensive matchup. So Cortland Sutton's definitely been the biggest beneficiary of the Sean Payton juice. You can slowly see over the last month this Broncos team is starting to look like a Sean Payton team, which is super encouraging for the franchise. Uh, but I do think this is the week to maybe not jump on that train. It might be one week too early. Uh, but very interesting, especially in Court and Sutton moving forward. 
uh, into the rest of the year. All right, this next game, this was buried kind of at the bottom of the list. And when I saw it, I went, oh, man, that's tough. But this is Buffalo Bills at Philadelphia Eagles, two heavyweights uh, in a potential Super Bowl matchup, quite frankly. But holy cow, Josh Allen, James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, even Dalton Kincaid at 6K. All these guys make your player pool. You got to figure them out a little bit. I like Gabe Davis when he's at 6K. That's a good price for me. So if I'm pretty overweight or if I, if I have a solid Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs stack and don't double it up with Gabe Davis, I like to at least get Gabe Davis in a separate line, make sure I get those points if the if the Bills can score them. Now, remember, Philadelphia Eagles are a pass-funnel defense. They're outstanding against the rush. The Bills basically don't have a rush game. So I would expect Josh Allen to be throwing tons in this game. So you're going to want... Stephon Diggs, you're gonna want you're gonna want Davis somewhere else as well. Uh, it's not and it's not crazy to to make that a triple sack either. On the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. It's really gonna be who's gonna be the highest scoring quarterback on this slate. It's gonna be Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. You're gonna play all three, but Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, still very considerable. Uh, very I, his usage basically hasn't gone down at all. Although his production has kind of left. Uh, a little bit of a spotty return over the last four months, but I mean, in the last, and I'm sorry, four weeks, but in the last month alone, 15 touches, 20 touches, 18 touches, 18 touches. That's a starting running back. I would definitely rank him above like the Mixons of the world, approaching the Camara kind of level of usage. And at 7,200, that may be one of the best values on the slate this week. So I really like Swift a lot. And then, of course, you're getting A.J. Brown. You're getting Devontae Smith in here. And even over here, Jack Stoll. I looked up the snap shares. Jack Stoll is the man in that tight end room without Dallas Godur in the lineup. So, Jack Stoll, the lowest-priced tight end that made my player pool 4600 Again, you're not expecting absolute fireworks, but I think you're not dumb to have him in a couple lineups. Uh, I think he'll, he'll, he's going to really enable you to get to a lot of good places this week. And finally, Kansas City Chiefs at Las Vegas Raiders, which this matchup is funny because this matchup used to make me a lot more excited for points than I feel uh, right now because, again, we're not seeing a single receiver step up for the Kansas City Chiefs. If I read you out this list and told you to pick, I don't think you could actually pick the main guy either. Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oof, we all remember. And Sky Moore. It's... I don't think you can choose that correctly whatsoever. Travis Kelsey, 8,300. If you've been watching the games this year, it's obvious he's lost a little bit of explosiveness as well. So it's not anything to be excited about. And I'll be real honest with you guys. While Mahomes made my player pool, he is my fifth-ranked quarterback on the slate because you're going to probably play him naked, and that's what makes most sense. But I will say that Chiefs, they are projected for one of the highest team totals, 26 0.75 points projected. So I don't know how you read this. It doesn't make me very excited. If I played Patrick Mahomes, I'm not getting a discount. He's actually 700 more than Kyler Murray. It's just, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather just get beat by Mahomes this week. Because if you beat me with Mahomes this week, you paid a ton for it and you got a little lucky. So you paid a ton. You're getting squeezed. Your other players may not be good. You got lucky, so that means you're out there really scrambling, trying to make a Justin Watson or a Sky Moore or or Rasheed Rice work for you. I I just don't think that makes any sense. On the other side, with the Raiders, you're just Aiden O'Connell looks to be a year away from being you know very useful, but who knows? He could be making good 
growth week to week. Devontae Adams at 7,700. He's got to make your player pool. He's got to be, let's see, yeah, he was a preferred for me as well. So that just tells you what I still think of him. You're just kind of married to this situation, and you're kind of hoping for a break. Uh, and then, you know, Michael Mayer can be considered at 4,900. Josh Jacobs, 7,100. Josh Jacobs, 7,100 again, kind of like Swift, DeAndre Swift. That's a very pinpoint generous price to me. Uh, so you can play them. But at the same time, I think Kansas City Chiefs defense is also something you could you could consider playing, um, keeping in mind that they are in a dome uh, in Las Vegas this week playing that game. So kind of a tough one. I, I, I think I, I don't want to touch it too much. Uh, and in fact, I think just a little one-offs of Adams and Jacobs may just be the Raiders recipe uh, in DFS this season. That's probably how I approach this game at all. But Again, just kind of to review, the Bills-Eagles game, the Bucks-Colts game, and the Jags-Texans game, I think in a way that's kind of like your base games. You're kind of going to be building everything off that, assuming that those games get back and forth and stay pretty competitive with strong potential to break 60-point totals uh, in all three of those games. So I would definitely be eyeballing those as my main games where I'm either doing my base stacks or my mini game stacks out of those and then complementing your lineups with all these other pieces Jalen Warren, Pat Fryermuth, Derek Henry, you know, Rashid Shahid for some value, those Bucks players that we mentioned. And then I think when you're making those baselines there too, you're also going to kind of have a CYA lineup, a cover your ass lineup with Kyler Murray and Cup and, and Kyron Williams, like I mentioned. I think that's kind of the recipe this week. Uh, so I'm going to start hacking away at lineup building now. I'm going to leave here and, uh, and get to it. Uh, I envision I'll probably be at it for a couple hours. So uh, we'll get this thing posted. I am so sorry if the late posting upset your process at all. I know when I was you know, on my own before the podcast, I had a system, and part of that system relied on the podcast uh, that I listened to for reference to drop on time. So I am sorry, rookie podcaster here. Holidays definitely just stacked me up with time, and I am committed and, and hope to always make uh, my deadlines and posting deadlines on time. So I apologize for that. But I do hope that the player pool uh, – I hope you guys are upset. I hope you guys are like, yeah, I want my player pool stuff because that means we're on to something here. So I appreciate all the good messages I got over the holidays too. I just want to say a lot of player poolers sent me, you know, just happy Thanksgiving and, and just, you know, thanks for this whole thing that we're putting on. So that means a lot to hear from you guys as well. I love this little community we have here. It's very precious to me. So go out there. I hope your player pools are already built. I hope those lineups already have some ideas. And if you need any help, you know where to find me on Twitter, at PlayerPoolPod. We will be back Tuesday. Let's have a good week 12. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the PlayerPool Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at PlayerPoolPod.